What's up guys and welcome back to the show. Before we get started, I'd just like to express my thanks and gratitude to the sponsors which support this podcast. I'm very selective with regards to the brands I work with and will only ever work with those which I would use myself. River and CoinKite are two such stellar Bitcoin only brands. If you already know about how they can help you to grow and secure your Bitcoin wealth respectively, skip ahead 70 seconds. If not, keep listening. CoinKite, first and foremost, makes products that help you take secure self-custody of your Bitcoin. Their flagship product, the Cold Card Hardware Wallet, has been a favorite of many Bitcoiners for many years. Reservations are also now open for the Cold Card Q1, which takes all the awesome features of the MK4 and adds a full QWERTY keyboard, QR code scanner, large LCD screen, battery power, and a ton more. If you've been waiting to get your Bitcoin off exchanges or are looking to migrate to a multi-sig solution, CoinKite has you covered. Beyond that, there's a ton of other goodies available at their store for using, gifting, and generally adorning your home or office with more awesome Bitcoin stuff. My personal favorite being the Block Clock series. Check it all out at CoinKite.com. River is the place to build your Bitcoin wealth in the U.S., you can take the emotion out of Bitcoin accumulation by setting up a regular dollar cost average purchase with zero fees. You can buy lump sums and you can even buy your own mining rigs and have them take care of all the hassles as you watch the sat stream in. For the developers and entrepreneurs out there, be sure to check out Rivers Lightning service, which allows for lightning payments to be built into applications without having to run any lightning infrastructure yourself. River has a brilliant, principled and committed team which has truly built a best-in-class solution for growing and managing your Bitcoin wealth. Learn more about them at river.com today. Let's do it. Just leaving this podcast aside, I think very, really highly of you as a person, and I'm just uh, grateful to you for having me on. This is this is just uh, really worth worth waking up. At, I wake up at 4:30 a.m. most days anyway, but it's uh, even if I didn't, I'd be just delighted by this opportunity. <laughs> well, I appreciate you saying that, and I'm I'm looking forward to it as well. So, I mean, why don't we why don't we start? Okay, you know, so. Yes. Uh, you know, well, maybe that, that's the start. So thank you again, yeah. you know, for, for coming. And uh, you reached out to me. I posted um, a, a Calendly link basically saying anyone who wants to, you know, come on the podcast, you know, book yourself in. And uh, I have a few criteria there. And if you meet the criteria and you explain, you know, kind of what your your thing is, then then we'll do the show. And so that's how this came to be. You're a pseudonymous uh, what, writer, and you've, you have a, a blog where you've written a, a long post called, uh, is it Bitcoin Basics? Yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah Bitcoin Basics. Uh, yeah. And then some subtitle that I don't even remember off the top of my head. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it was like a 9,000 word piece, uh, which is, I guess, close to an hour's worth of reading, uh, if, if you're reading it, you know, attentively. Um, and, uh, you know, as somebody who writes full time, shoot, I can write 9,000 words in a week pretty easily. But this piece took me like two months of my life to write. It was um, writing introductions. As somebody who does a lot of different types of writing, introductions are hard. Like they're really, really, to write, to introduce a technical field or re relatively multidisciplinary complicated field in a way that's, that your mom can read 
is really difficult and it's just oh, it's just three four times more time consuming than other types of writing you can do and i, I think maybe because i have a background writing introductions that kind of is part of the reason why i've been so unsatisfied in the bitcoin introductions that i've found I, a lot of, i mean i did not want to write this piece um i i just wanted a piece that i felt happy to recommend to other people and i couldn't find one i mean i'd be opening up things uh and and reviewing stuff because uh, and, and it would be talking about like the Byzantine generals problem or it'd be telling people to go read the white paper. And I'm sorry, my mom is not going to go read the white paper. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and I'm not, I mean, I think if you really want a nuanced understanding of Bitcoin and you want to approach it in a scholarly way, yeah, of course the white paper is essential reading. But if you're just talking about whether somebody should, invest a few hundred dollars into maybe buying their first uh, bit of Bitcoin. Um, <laughs> don't send them to read the white paper. You know, that's just, a, 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 you know, like overkill and bordering on it. There's more important things to be paying attention to and easier things to kind of get your foot uh, in the door to, to beginning to understand Bitcoin. Right. And so I take from that and from the, you mentioned it in the piece, you were kind of compelled to put this together because you wanted something that addressed the basics in a, in a concise but fairly complete way and basically provided people a framework to understand why it is they might want to begin educating themselves in you know about bitcoin and this as a first step that more or less yeah, yeah this was this was this was kind of intended i i i kind of you know the trope is that you know, people need so like a hundred hours of study to really start understanding Bitcoin. And I think that's right. But um, this was supposed to be your first hour of study, you know, and so like, uh, so with that understood, then I feel okay leaving out some crucial things. And uh, I'm certainly not going to talk about overcoming the double spend problem, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, like, or, or even I don't even really talk about mining in any way in the piece, because, because, hey, that's not, I mean, you certainly are going to want to know what Bitcoin mining is, but that doesn't need to come in your first hour. And I think, I think when you're writing introductions, um, it takes, it takes a discipline to leave out, to, to mm. deliberately leave out important things. And I think um, that was a big focus of what I was trying to do, to kind of have the discipline to say no and to explain, you know, five things well rather than 10 things poorly. Totally. I mean, that's always, with any creative effort, writing, filmmaking, but, you know, my most of my experience in that with that is in writing, and it's always the case, you know, like, what do you leave on the cutting room floor? Because it hurts to, because you think like, oh no, this like, this needs to be in there. This is a critical piece of the, the pie, but it's like, well, how critical is it for what you're trying to convey? Like what is really the distilled point you're trying to, to get through and how important is this thing? And then you, you end up like cutting, cutting, cutting down until you have something yeah. that, you know, you think is, you know, an efficient and effective means of getting whatever point you're trying to make across. And, you know, to, for what it's worth, I think you did a, a great job and, you know, outlining the basics of Bitcoin and why someone might want to 
begin educating themselves about Bitcoin and it's, you know, the implications of Bitcoin and the relevance and the importance of this, you know, emergence of this novel thing that, that we know as Bitcoin. So have you, I mean, have you used it in your own life? Do you send it around places? Has it, I know you mentioned that Gigi retweeted it. So obviously he thought it was kind of a good starter for people. Well, Gigi is really the uh, first and so far only uh, Bitcoiner to uh, to actually be willing to read this thing other other than you. I mean, it is really hard. Uh, it is really hard starting as a complete pseudonym and getting anybody's attention. And uh, that's, you know, like I'm immensely grateful to you for taking the time to read this. And I'm super grateful to Gigi because, you know, like without without that i mean gg got me my first 750 readers and then the pleb underground guys got me another few hundred people uh so it's starting to gain traction and i as i've when i woke up a few minutes ago i got dm that corey clipson is is just promoted it in some in some way that i don't yet know, but um, <laughs> uh, because I haven't, I didn't have time to like check that out. But um, you know, I think it's, I think it's like starting to gain traction. But I can tell you, as like uh, a, a writer, a full-time writer of thirty years, that it is like we're at a point in Bitcoin where like all the best-known people are so inundated with requests. And uh, no doubt, ninety-nine percent of them are like, "Hey, you know, uh, pitch my shitcoin." That um, they don't have time to like, you know, to like consider to to to. You know, they're just so overwhelmed. So as a result of that, I I, I have no doubt that you know I've been into Bitcoin since early twenty fifteen. And I have no doubt that if I could have written this piece in 2018, it, I'd have had a much easier time getting mm -hmm. attention to it. Um, but I also don't feel like I understood Bitcoin in this, like I hadn't put my thousand hours in by 2018. In fact, I think in 2017, I bought some Litecoin. God help me. You know, like I still, I I still the, didn't. Disclosure it, of your piece. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, God, you know, like, I still didn't understand things well enough. Like, uh, Everybody know, shit like, coin a little bit, you know, it was it was well, especially back then. Well, I, I think I think at that point, it was like kind of unclear whether there was enough uh, space on the blockchain, you know, to to do sufficient transactions. And I kind of, um, you know, rather than like, it was clear to me that Bitcoin cash, which I been airdropped was like this incredibly disgusting, uh, the agenda behind it was incredibly disgusting. And so I got rid of that. And then I ended up buying some Litecoin, which, um, which is also like a shit coin, but I, I kind of viewed it as oh, the, yeah. the best, the, the, like for a number of reasons, I viewed it as the best shit coin out there. Now I'm sorry I bought it and I still have it, but, um, you know, they're all, I, I mean, I think, I think I'm now as maximalist as a person could be, uh, you know, and it is kind of funny to, to like, I think this is the only piece to where the author says, Hey, I own this coin and it sucks and don't buy it. Um, so, you know, um, 
just wait, wait, just waiting to empty the bags. I mean, you could call it maximalism, but I think it it'll it will increasingly uh, be known as just rationalism. Call it monetary yeah. rationalism, call it Bitcoin rationalism, call it economic rational, you know, whatever. But I mean, that's maximalism is fun, and in this highly kind of competitive landscape of you know potential compete competing potential monies let's say there's this there's a tribalism to it and that can be yeah. fun if it's if it's approached in the right way but ultimately i mean when cooler heads are just discussing this that's all it is it's just yeah. rationalism and logic being applied to these domains and us doing our best to you know like i don't i'm a i'm a bitcoin maximalist because of applying rationale and logic to the full spectrum of things that are available. It's not the reverse. I didn't want to be on team Bitcoin and then post hoc rationalize it, you know? Yeah, so yeah, the, the, yeah. the rationale came first. And I think for most people, that's the case. And, you know, who knows we'll sh how long will, well, we live in a very crazy world. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I yeah. often, I often uh, refer to it as clown world as many others do as well. And so I'm yeah. not holding my breath for, uh, you know, high degree of, you know, rational thinking and logic to, you know, for everyone to snap into that way of thinking and apply it to Bitcoin. But hopefully yeah. over time, it will be easier to grok it. And actually this is, you know, uh, exactly why your type of, of writing is important because as you were saying, back in, doesn't matter what we're talking about, podcasts, long form writing, books, whatever, back in 17, 18, there was basically nothing. You know, there's a couple yeah. things in each domain. Bitcoin standard comes out, a few podcasts get started. And then, you yeah. know, now it's just like a flood. I mean, there's comic yeah. books, there's, book, there's a new Bitcoin book every other week. There's podcasts yeah. everywhere. So there, there's just, there's so much information and that's good from the perspective of if you're attempting to really find truth and attempting to, you know, understand this thing, then there should be sufficient touch points that appeal to your type of communication or your background or what have you to get you that information so you can approach this thing logically. Um, but to your earlier point, it means it's much harder to, you know, break out of the crowd, you know, be before you could write something fairly basic and people would appreciate it because there wasn't much out there. But now, yeah. you know, how, how many Bitcoin explainers or intros to Bitcoin are there? Now, they're, they're all somewhat different and people choose a different, you know, track to yeah. go down and things to emphasize. But it's, you know, uh, it's increasingly hard to you, you have to you have to produce something, either, you know, tremendously novel or exceptionally good to catch yeah. the attention of people because they've seen it already, if not. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, um, you know, I, 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 I just think there's something inherent to an explainer that makes, that puts it out of the reach of most writers. Like there's certainly people with, with a vastly better technical understanding of Bitcoin than I could ever possibly have, but that doesn't put them in the spot where they can explain it to my mother, you know? And, so what I've, what I think I did differently than a lot of people, as I said, I, I sort of had the discipline to just be like, hey, this is, you know, your first hour of explaining and I'm going to leave important things out. So really all I wanted to accomplish for the most part was to just sell you on the idea that you should like, you really need to own some Bitcoin, number one, you really need to start moving towards committing to 10 hours or hopefully 100 hours of study, number two. And then number three, and, and maybe most important, and I think 
I, I, I spilled a lot of ink writing this. Uh, this part was to warn you away from the shit coins and the various affinity scammers. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I mean, there's just, I mean, we are as, as you know better than me. We, anyone in the Bitcoin community is just flooded by these you know, dickheads who, uh, you know, are, are like preying on newbies. And I, I certainly have seen that when I started up my, uh, my, my new pseudonym under Twitter, I'm just getting DM'd all the time by these people who are talking about, you know, uh, you know, usually it's like some 22 year old attractive woman DMing me out of nowhere, and then next thing you know, she's saying we have this uh, wonderful bot, you know, uh, trading algorithm, and yeah, like I'm gonna send oh, you crazy. like some, it's... you know, it's it's like, but they'll do this in like real time, and it's like, um, you know, if they're, it it really shows you, hey, if they're coming after me as as like a newbie on the scene. Um, they're certainly coming after everybody else who's new to Bitcoin. And, you know, I, I like like somebody who I orange pilled a couple of years ago, who's who was, you know, who's a really, really smart guy. After I orange pilled him, uh, he got really interested in Mashinsky and Celsius and, you know, and and put a bunch of I mean, he still owned Bitcoin, but like he definitely took some money that he could have been buying, adding to his uh, stack and sent it off to Alex. Uh, so to, what do you, you know, mean? What do you and, mean? Like as when you guys talk, what do you mean he got interested in Celsius and machines? You just mean he wanted 20% yield or whatever it was? I mean, just pure greed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, he wanted the yield and he didn't realize that, um, that, that he was giving money to, giving money to yeah giving money to alex mashinsky was uh, a fundamentally different investment that has absolutely nothing to do with buying more stat sats but i mean mm -hmm. it's the it's the bitcoin that got him into the door and made him receptive to the Celsius um, uh, Ponzi scheme. And, yeah. and if, if, it, if I hadn't orange pilled him on now, luckily he, he still ended up putting most of his money into Bitcoin. And he did, uh, thanks to me, uh, he got out of Celsius just in time before it collapsed, Jesus. but um, you know, but I mean, you know, what a tragedy that would have been if uh, if he ended up with 40 percent less Bitcoin because because he was tempted by the Celsius yield. Oh, the yeah. Ponzi yield. Well, that's so, that's that's I think that's why, you know, and you, you obviously feel the same way because you 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 warn of these pitfalls in your piece. But I it's it's a funny thing, right, because you you're trying to convey to people the the value of, at least as far as all these people that are orange pilling people in their life, see Bitcoin. And then you're like, so, and then someone, let's say they get it, or at least they trust you enough to begin, begin educating themselves, stacking some sats. And they're like, cool, I'm in, you know? And there's like that. Yeah. I mean, this was even part of the, uh, the FTX ad with all the celebrities, right? Like, what didn't they call each other? Be like, are you in? Yeah, I'm in. And yeah. then it's like, it's go to the other one. You in? Yeah, I'm in. And it's like, how do you get in the door, but then stop? Right. It's like you yeah. open up the door. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, Bitcoin, this whole new world of, you know, my own digital self-sovereign money, all this kind of stuff. 
And then not to look at all the other 23,000 shit coins and be like, wow, I need to go play in this field. It's like, nope, walk through the Bitcoin door and then shut it behind you and close the one in front and close the 23,000 ones in front of you, or whatever the number is, and just focus yeah. on this. I mean, it's that's a hard thing to do because people, they just, they're not in a position to understand why it would be Bitcoin only when they come through that door, right? Because yeah, yeah, there's a, as you say, it requires that 100 hours or whatever it is. And so, that get it, getting people the enthusiastic and interested enough to go through the door, but not to walk into shitcoin land is tough. And I I have a ton of friends who have that same experience. I don't know if they got burned with Celsius, Celsius or whatever, but we talk about Bitcoin and they start stacking sats. And a few months later, I talk to them. They're like, well, you know, I figured I should spread it around a bit, diversify. You know, these sort these projects were interesting and they name off like fucking insane, like ridiculous shitcoins. And what are you going to do? You know, I've said it a million times. So just, you can only uh, warn people so many times and then it's up to themselves to learn however way they want to learn the, the easy way or the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, so I, that's exactly why I felt like it was worth about a third of my essay perhaps to just go into some detail and nuance warning people about the various scams because it's like that's really the one of the very first things you got to learn because once you're in the door like you are red meat you are raw meat and you are you know these people are just going to come after you with their affinity scams with their lending programs with their shit coins and it's like if you haven't been adequately warned you're going to get taken and um you know, so I think that that's a real, that was a really key purpose of my piece. And I think I did an adequate or even a very good job uh, of, 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 of letting people, of warning people about what they would shortly encounter the moment they became a Bitcoiner. And yeah. hopefully, um, hopefully, I mean, if this piece accomplishes nothing else than get the majority of newbies in the door and committed to buying a hundred percent Bitcoin and not not spreading it around to unrelated affinity scams, uh, then then it's been a, a really successful piece. But you know, I think I think that's as as you were saying, it, it, that that's kind of um, an inevitable outcome of being new to something. Like I know um, I, I'd rather not get into like you know, like your carnivore diet uh, uh, or car carnivore-based diet, but I have no doubt that in, in your exposure with it, you have seen that be the entry point to people who maybe could benefit from it in various ways, but the moment they're in, they, they start doing like all kinds of other related but incredibly stupid things like making bulletproof coffee or, you know, adding like needlessly adding tons of saturated fat to their diet or just making like really terrible mistakes that they would not have made had they not been introduced to this new topic. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's your experience, but I'm guessing that you've seen people who are new to eating in this way. Uh, it opens the door and then they start doing some really stupid things because they're newcomers and they're thinking, oh, this shiny object, that shiny object. Well, um, you know, it's it's an interesting point, and in like we don't have to discuss the specifics uh, on this particular case um, if you don't want to. But the because when you like when you begin to understand something anew, or when you feel like you've reconciled 
an ignorance or you've solved a problem internally or whatever, it, it kind of establishes a new perspective in your, in your yeah. mind and how you see that particular aspect of the world, whether it's diet or economics or a million other yeah. things. And that acts as a prism for how, you know, that perspective uh, interprets other things in that category, let's say. And so it can be the case that, you know, you think you've adopted a new perspective that's workable, that's more advantageous or more beneficial or more, you know, more truthful than a prior one. And you apply yeah. it. And then, you know, so you, it it's, could certainly be the case, to your point, that you overapply it. You know, it shouldn't yeah. be stretched out to so many different domains. You should, you should rein it in. And this, such is the case with uh, how information travels these days. And there, there's so much hunger for people to satisfy their own ignorance or to to quell it. You know, to 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 introduce truth into your perspective. Let's say that you you want it so much that again, I think you end up over applying it. And so what I, you know, throughout the course of my life, whatever the domain may have been, and it's certainly been the case with something like diet, you know, of course I read people that put forward theories, interesting ideas around whatever diet type, food sources, nutrition, all that kind of stuff. But for me, I've, it's it's always been an experimentation. You always got to try, yeah. tweak, see how your body feels. Cause obviously there's no, or at least in my opinion, there's no one size fits all for anyone. Like you, you yeah. there is no here, do this and it'll, it'll work the same for everyone. There, there's a lot of, you know, uh, individuality in that in that sense and so i think it's upon everyone and again diet's a great one because there is so much nuance and what you, makes you feel yeah. good might not make me feel good and all the different things we might be optimizing for but it's the case for a lot of other things too you know you really have to gather information but then you be the one to synthesize that information and figure out how you're going to apply it to the construction of a framework that that develop that delivers a perspective that most benefits you or that brings you toward allows you to move toward what you deem to be most value, most meaningful and, and valuable. That's, you know, the point, yeah. not just blindly taking what somebody else said and just applying it across the board more broadly than you otherwise should, you know, and sure that, that, that plagues uh, our current time in, in many different instances, I guess. Well, whether it's, whether it's Bitcoin or it's diet or it's religion, if you're new to it, there's always going to be somebody in authority telling you exactly what you want to hear as a newbie. And that, that you know, that leads really to fundamentalism and stupidity. Mm. And, um, you know, so you, you just, you know, I, I, you just have to do your own work. And I, I think that kind of opens the door to something that's unique within Bitcoin. And that's um, there. Uh, Bitcoin is like this really special area uh, where it just seems like there is um, the truth is available for and and character um, becomes much more evident in the Bitcoin world like you can really see uh, it, it just sort of exposes where mm. people fall short in their character in a way that's harder to see in the world of diet or religion. Like, you know, when people Why do you think fail, that is? Um, uh, because I think that like in, in a deep way that I can't express well, uh, because the, the, the underlying technology of Bitcoin has something to do with truth. 
like it's like either you have your private keys or you don't it creates this kind of binary truth machine you, you know like you 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 uh, i can give you a gold coin right now and it'll be 95% gold and i can pass it off as 100% and i can you know cheat you out of 5% of our our trade and it's up to you to uncover that i've just cheated you a little bit or or maybe it's tungsten in the middle and i've cheated you 80 percent and i'm a bad actor but there's gradations of trust in uh in 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 our exchange whereas bitcoin it's um i think trace mayer was the one to say it it was really beautiful it's like if i send you some bitcoin it's it's as if uh in the act of sending it they have melted down the bitcoin and reassayed it and either you're getting a hundred percent of 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 the trade of my promise either either it's a hundred percent honored or it's zero percent honored and it's like mm. a truth machine and that's that's one of the most remarkable things about bitcoin and and so you know it's kind of armed with that it kind of reflects uh either 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 there's you know there's no gradations of truth within bitcoin it's it's like either somebody's coming from an honorable place or they aren't and and for some reason it it it, it that properties seems to illuminate the character of uh, of people who are bitcoin advocates and you start you know and and it, and it really shows like when somebody has like you know like what can i say i'll, I'll just give one example like pomp I don't trust the guy. Like he puts out some really interesting content, but I will not follow him. Uh, he's just done too many things that uh, that are that don't resonate with with the character that I expect from people. And 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 it's just like you know maybe he has a little three minute YouTube clip and he gets interesting guests, but at the end of the day, I just don't trust that guy, and and I will not follow him on Twitter. And and I feel that way about a bunch of people, like you know, and I, I won't name names here, but just you know, uh, this week there was a yet another prominent Bitcoiner uh advertising a, a hardware wallet that everybody knows has severe flaws and it's like dude you didn't do the homework on this you know how could you get fooled on something so basic and it's like um i i certainly like i'm i'm, I'm never going to monetize myself uh in the bitcoin sphere but but if I did, uh, you know, I would I, I would know my limitations, and I'd be like, I am not, you know, NVK. I am not in a position to judge whether I'm not a Matt Odell. I do not have the technical chops to to say that this hardware wallet is is what people ought to be using, and I'm I'm comfortable taking. Like I would I if 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 I were monetizing myself. Um, the only way I would do an affiliate thing for a hardware wallet is I would defer to like Matt O'Dell's judgment or, uh, you know, somebody on that level. Uh, uh, like I, I would need to know that this is a, a 
really, really robust, safe hardware wallet before I took money to promote it to other people. And I think, uh, you know, like that's just the example I chose, mm -hmm. but it just seems like there's something intrinsic to Bitcoin that um, because it is capable of hitting like 100% purity, it really casts the light on Bitcoin advocates who don't have that moral compass uh, of, of, of reaching 100% purity in their message. And it just illuminates that in a way that you wouldn't see if this person were shilling a specific diet or a specific religion or a specific, um, you know, lifestyle choice. Like it, it really, Bitcoin reveals character. Yeah in a way that that uh, your other interests do not you, yeah you know I, like, I couldn't agree more like you could be into sailing you could be like sailing you know the top two things in your life john could be bitcoin and sailing and you could be out to the marina every weekend on your boat and stuff and you could have your 15 sailing buddies and you know five of them at the end of the day could be ruthless motherfuckers deceitful piece of shit, garbage human beings. And you would never really know mm -hmm. because you're just out on the sailboats with them. And, you know, whereas with Bitcoin, like you, it, it just kind of illuminates the integrity of your fellow Bitcoiners. And you you start seeing which, which people are willing to compromise their principles in a way that you wouldn't see in your sailing hobby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I'm smiling as you say that, because that's one of the things that I love so much about this phenomenon that we're participating in, that we, you know, we're, we're coalescing around this thing. And as you say, like, I mean, Bitcoin's whole value proposition is truth. That's why it's valuable, because it, 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 it can't lie to itself and you can't lie to it. And you could also say that it's, you know, a big part of its value proposition is integrity insofar as you know, not only it does it, it, it can't lie to itself, but it can't treat other people. It can't preferentially treat people. It's so integrated with every constituent component of it, the social layer of it, the energetic, the cryptographic, the economic, all of those things are, and I, I mean, integrity in the sense of like a building has integrity, like that type of integrity, in addition to the integrity of honesty, you know, how it's often used. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, for those and many other reasons, that's why when you covet, when you, you know, revere, covet, uh, value something so much like that, then it, it just serves as such a perfect uh, thing to to contrast other things against. So you yeah. take Bitcoin and you take someone's character, you take Bitcoin, you take some public institution, you take Bitcoin, you take whatever, and you say, do these things have that degree of truthfulness, integrity, principles and all those other things. And most often, and this is, this is, you know, why we, or why I in particular love to delve into, you know, kind of deeper philosophical elements of Bitcoin, because what is the thing that unveils, uh, reveals truth everywhere you kind of cast its light? I mean, whether you want to call it the philosopher's stone or whether you want to call it like a, you know, a, a Christ-like idea or, or what have you, but you find those sort of metaphors in the realm of philosophy and theology. And I think that's fascinating, but nevertheless, practically speaking, I think th this is the process that's unfolding with a lot of Bitcoiners that they're they're making that comparison and contrast with everything they encounter. And when they find, and this is why I think Bitcoin is like in some weird way, refining the character of so many people that wind up coming in and staying in it. 
you know, because it has that quality and you either are counter to those principles that found in Bitcoin and you get called out for that and you, your ego ends up being so big, you're like, I'm out because this is too hard for me. I can't take all the criticism. I'm not willing to change and refine myself. Or you recognize the validity of, of that so-called judgment, let's say, and you say, okay, I need to... I need to conform to this thing more. I need to refine myself more. There's, it's showing elements of my character that need to be improved in some capacity. And both this thing that is Bitcoin and the social layer of all the Bitcoiners on top of it are pointing that out for me. Sometimes, you know, in a, in a manner that may, you may not like and that maybe it's overly toxic, overly mean, over, like over the top. But the reason why I love this space so much is because I, I, that's such a tremendous service to an individual to be able to mm. be to be made aware of the places where your character needs improvement because there's like there's basically nothing more important than that and that that you have a you know a ton of people online and an, an instrument both of which can can act as a mirror for you to point those things out what more could you want the last thing you'd want to be is angry at that you know you, you'd want to be grateful for that and, and do your best to engage it in, in a manner that's going to net the, the most beneficial result for yourself and then obviously in conjunction you know in relationship with as many other people as possible you know it's 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 funny because i i think maybe at the root of things here you know like we're talking about why is it that bitcoin kind of opens the door to better character and this kind of tr deeply deeply pure truthful quality in our lives and why do we become more adept at spotting it and valuing it and uh, um, I think maybe one of the things going on here which hadn't occurred to me until this conversation is um, I happen to I'm probably somewhat learning disabled when it comes to mathematics like I've, I've taken high school algebra but it just doesn't, you know, it, it, I, I didn't go further than that because it, it, it comes harder to me than it comes to other people. And I have other things that I'm gifted at and come super easy to me. So why should I be like yeah. trying to learn algebra when I'm bad at it and will always be bad at it, you know? And, uh, um, but when I talk to my mathematician friends, they who've, you know, gotten, you know, into graduate level math and, and, and so forth, um, they invariably talk, we've all heard mathematicians talk about how mathematics is a very pure realm. Like it's a different language that leads to just purity of, of uh, it, it's a, it's a, it's a nonverbal landscape where the language uh, either works or it doesn't, and there's a purity there. And and I think that's why people uh, who are gifted at mathematics fall in love with it because they are able to inherit in, inhabit this realm that is just beautifully pure. And like I like I just said, um, I can't inhabit that landscape because I'm stupid when when it comes to math, and I can't learn enough about it to get more than a glimpse of that purity if I'm doing mathematics. Uh, I certainly can't live in that realm for hours and hours a day uh, because it's too tedious and comes too difficult. But what I can do is buy and send Bitcoin, which is based on this same mathematical purity 
like Bitcoin democratizes or, uh, or brings into the regular non-mathematics world, some of the highest, you know, uh, pure math principles mm. that, um, and I, and I think, I, I think that that it's almost like, um, the descent of, of kind of this godlike purity into everyday human reality. And, um, you know, like, like, let's just, you know, let's say we were, you know, neighbors and uh, I wanted to give you, you know, $5,000 to like remodel this room in my house. And, uh, you know, let's say you could do that. Well, you know, maybe because I'm giving you, if, if our deal is you do this work for $5,000, we both know in the back of our minds that this $5,000 ain't going to be worth shit in 20 years. Mm. So I'm giving, you know, you're giving me your labor of remodeling my room and I'm giving you this, this melting ice cube. That, that is like a less than honorable trade. Mm-hmm. Not through either of our faults, but I mean that's until until bit came until Bitcoin came along, like uh, there's nothing I could give you to remodel the house that was that was fundamentally pure and not going to lose value. And I think that kind of elevates the stakes involved. And if you were tempted to kind of shirk and cut corners on your remodeling job. Um, you know, uh, uh, because I'm paying you in, in dollars. Well, you know, that justification is now out the window. It's like, I'm paying you Bitcoin for this. Hey, I'm back. You're back. I'm back. Sorry. About I, lo- that. I lost you at, uh, I'm paying you Bitcoin for this. Yeah. So if, if, if I'm paying you Bitcoin for this remodeling job in the back of your head, you no longer can can justify yourself to yourself that hey uh, you know you're you're getting the short end of the stick in some ways you're getting no i'm giving you the best form of money so i have uh, i have an uh, you know a moral right to that 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 you want to uh, you know fulfill your end of the deal by giving me the best possible remodeling job of my room and mm-hmm. so there's just a higher sense of ethics and a higher sense of expectation. And like, if you go and you do this remodeling job to the very best of your ability and you don't cut any corners, hey, that's, you know, you have just re- increased your, the quality of your character right. in, in this transaction. And there's just something inherently more pure about the transaction we just had that leads to better character from both of us, better work from you, a better, um, uh, 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 and, and, and uh, a much high, and a, and a perfect quality of payment from me, you know? So there's just all the way around this deal that we have for you to remodel my room has become more honorable and it brings out the best from both of us. Yeah. And, and, a- and then, and then moving forward, you know, uh, I probably think more highly of you as a person, and we can go on to do other things because of because you know you haven't let me down in any way in this remodel that we're both really happy with because it revealed our characters in a in a beautiful way. Yeah, that's such a good point, and I it makes me think of two things. One, just you know, I, I was a hardcore 
hodler for a long time, you know, don't, don't spend your Bitcoin sort of person. And then I went to El Salvador and I spent it around a bit and I just, the feeling is so much better. As you say, I mean, I, I, I never really thought about it until afterwards. I was like, why does that feel so good? And as you say, I mean, even though it's, it's not conscious or it, let's say it's partially conscious, but I, I do think there's more going on beneath the surface, but at a minimum, like you said, I'm giving, if I'm giving someone fiat currency, I'm giving them something that is an instrument that enables theft from that person effectively, yeah. right? Rather yeah. than giving them something that honors the time and energy and work they put into providing me what, whatever it is I'm buying from them, right? And, and, and honors that in perpetuity forever. There's a huge distinction and difference between those two things. And it, I think that's at least part of the reason why it feels so good to pay in Bitcoin. And to your to your point there about work, I mean, it's, I agree. And I think this is, this feeds into our notions that we often talk about, about the type of work, the type of productions, the, the, the things that we cooperate on in a more hyper Bitcoinized world or in a Bitcoin future or in the Bitcoin Renaissance, because I think there's, there's two points of what you said. One is, and this taken to its archetypal extreme, again, I think this, this is part of the, uh, idea of the philosopher's stone in that pursuing excellence in your work actually is part of uh, pursuing excellence in your character, right? It's, yeah. it's like, it's that feedback loop between the two that allows you to produce excellence and perhaps even beauty out in the world and internally, or if you want to say, transpose the beauty from internally out in the world and have your work do the same, you know, as you reflect it back. And when you're doing that with with other people, as you say, when you're when you're honoring each other in that way and respecting each other in that way, what types of things do we end up cooperating on and 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 pursuing, you know, collectively? And I like to think, and you know, I, I probably have uh, orange colored glasses on. The tint in my orange colored glasses is perhaps a little too strong when I imagine a Bitcoin future, because you know we, or, or I probably imagine the up the, the positive things and 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 discount or or don't think about enough the negatives but if i look at other periods where you know and, and people in bitcoin like to discuss this a lot you know hard money standard eras and, and what was produced in those times and i think you can you know there's merit to that but there's you know there's also good um you know rebuttals to uh the causes of eras that we might deem to be special in some kind whether it be architecture or art or what have you but in any case, I think that dynamic that you just described will lead to more beautiful, more quality works, generally speaking, um, because I yeah. think it's the, it, it, it's the right constituent parts for enabling both actors or the collectivity of actors in that sense to allow themselves to put as, you know, to put as much of themselves as possible into the work because they know they're getting treated fairly in compensation or almost, you know, equally in compensation, you know, based on how the price is mediated or whatever the yeah. meaning of the work might be. And when you take that to a societal or civilizational sort of level, I think that's when you start getting great works, great works of art, great works of architecture, great work, you know, um, amazing businesses with really meaningful ends in mind, long-term projects, you know, the exact opposite of, of what fiat kind of produces. And that's what makes me so excited about, um, you know, the future as it relates to Bitcoin is because I wouldn't it be great if there was more of the things we produced were produced as a result of the types of 
dynamics and relationships of, of trade and cooperation, let's say, that you just articulated, because I think that, that outcomes will be, broadly speaking, higher quality, more beauty, you know, and why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. How could you not want that? <laughs> well, there, there's two points I want to make based on what you just said. Uh, number one, going back to uh, our example of my hiring you to remodel my room and you spend a month uh, doing this and I pay you the five grand, okay? In that circumstance, okay, I'm handing you the $5,000 and you take that $5,000 and you stick that in a drawer in your house for 10 years. You've just given me a month of your life and in 10 years, you open that drawer, what is that $10,000 worth? I mean, come mm -hmm. on, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, you, you've just been, you, in, in, a, in a deep way, you've been cheated from a transaction we both agreed on. And, and that's that there's just something slimy on that about that. And the fact is that, you know, if, if we have a, ca a, a dollar deal for you to do this work, um, the, the reality is that you then have to take that next step after you finish remodeling my place and, and buy some Bitcoin or, or put that cash elsewhere to get, to get the value that you've, that I've, just paid you otherwise it's going to just melt away as sailor says um so that's one thing and and, and i think that's why it, it leads to a, a bitcoin transaction leads to a better feeling from both parties and perhaps more friendship and more respect and and you doing higher quality work uh for me because in the back of your mind you're not getting cheated but there's another point i want to make about what this ultimately enables which i think becomes really, really cool. And that is, um, you know, thanks to the fact that I'm an early hodler and thanks to the fact that I know how to live frugally, uh, I have plenty of money. I'm not, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not rich, but I could buy a yacht. I could buy a Lambo. You know, I, I absolutely could. And I'm somebody who at, at 50 years old, I only had $30,000 to my name and now I'm rich, I guess, although I still live, um, you know, I, I, I often spend $700 in a month, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I live well on uh, very, very frugally. Um, but in any case, I'm in a position now where because of Bitcoin, I have enough wealth that I don't need to extract money from my some of my best work. Like I think there's a chance that this essay you just read for me is the finest thing I've ever written uh, in 30 years of writing. And that was two months of hard labor to get that thing done. And you know, and I certainly could have made a book out of it that I sold or, you know, I'd done the usual website bullshit where like, I, I'll give you three paragraphs and send me 10 bucks and you'll unlock the rest of this piece or, or, or even just no, to read this thing, I want your email address. You know, mm -hmm. it's like mm -hmm. all of these are like, to me anyway, as somebody who does a lot of web publishing, all of this kind of feels kind of gross to me. And instead, what I did was I um, was able to put up a website where I paid for it out of my pocket. 
I have no monetization whatsoever, none. And in fact, I don't even install Google Analytics on the site because I want to ensure there are no cookies, you know, no monetization of any kind. Like, if you go to my website, there's a purity there because I'm not selling ads. I don't have any affiliate stuff. I don't require your email. I don't have any pop-ups. Let's just go down the list of all the ways a website could suck, uh, either overtly or by taking some of your privacy. I don't do any of those. And how many websites do you see that allow that? And the reason I don't do any of that is because I don't need the fucking money. Mm-hmm. You know, and, 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 and why do I not need the fucking money? Because I made the money elsewhere in my life and I have plenty of fucking money. So I can do this part of my life where, where, where I can bring out the very best thing I've done in my life, give it to the world and not ask for anything back in return. And, and that's cool, man. Mm. That is really, really cool. It's like the fact that I can... That, that I can, you know, uh, do my Sistine Chapel, I can do my magnum opus, and then just give it to the world without wanting a penny, not a Satoshi back, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in any form whatsoever. Uh, and, um, you know, I have to say that before Bitcoin, you know, it's thanks to Bitcoin that I can, that I can come at the world in such a giving way, like to the point, if you go to the front page of my website, I even talk about how um, taking credit for something is a form of taking, mm, you know? That. Yeah. And, and, and I think like the one reason I've written this thing under a pseudonym is, is like, I've had, I've had plenty of people pat me on the back in life. You know, I've had more than enough attention for one life people saying, ah, oh, you did great here. And I don't need any more of that. You know, mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't need to be recognized as the guy who did this thing. You know, it's like, um, uh, and, 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 and so like to be able to give something to the world where you don't want any financial remuneration, uh, where, you, where you're not seeking any form of credit. I mean, Satoshi did that. And, uh, you know, it's like, there's just something about Bitcoin that if you want it, um, maybe you're in a position to become a giver in the deepest possible way. Mm. And that is cool. That's what we need more of in life. Yeah. You know, that's what we need more of in this world. How many people are even in a position to like to to, you know, spend two months of their lives working on something and to receive no compensation whatsoever in terms of either money or in credit or ego strokes or any of that stuff. And, um, you know, I just feel really blessed to be inhabiting, you know, there's probably, I I mean, it, it, it happens and it's happened historically, but there's been very few people in the world who've been in a position where they could sacrifice a couple months of their life doing the, their very finest work and receive absolutely nothing in return and be happy about it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm th- like, that's what I, I want to do more of that. I want to yeah. just keep giving to the world pseudonymously, you know, and not receive anything in return. 
you know, that feels really good because I've had plenty in return in my life. I don't need any more. I just mm -hmm. want to keep giving and giving and giving. And uh, it, it just, and, and thanks to Bitcoin, I can. Yeah. And that feels great. Sure. It's, it's such a interesting point, you know, and there's a lot of things I want to touch on there, but one is just, I think given the qualities of Bitcoin and the things that it permits, I think you would have, you know, people feel that way anyways, because it, it, it conveys such a sense of security because of its assurances, let's say, into the future, that people can feel that they have the capacity to be giving, to be, yeah, to be giving, you know, so they don't feel like they're in, they don't feel like their um, degree of security, they don't have so much anxiety over their, 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 their future, let's say. And so that enhances their capacity to be more giving, more generous, more considerate here and now. And I think the qualities of Bitcoin are, you know, largely uh, to credit for that, but it is also, you brought up Satoshi and like, to what degree did he set, did, did, did his actions, that action specifically, but his other actions really set a precedent for uh, the kind of spirit of this thing, you know, behind yeah. it, because he, he did, I mean, he, he, it was a gift basically. He said like, and his last act, his final act is not taking any credit for the gift that he gave to the world, i.e., you know, not touching any of his coins, you know, just as a final, like, almost to say, it wasn't about that in the first place. It wasn't about me. It's not for my aggrandizement, for my richness. This is to just place all the emphasis on the good yeah. or the, uh, of this thing. And I wonder how much that animates people like yourself and other all the other people, because th this is, I, I see this a lot, right? I see when people are liberated to varying degrees by this uh this technology and it's you know it's because it doesn't necessarily there's a lot of millionaires and decamillionaires and billionaires out in the world right and you know i'm not saying none of them do anything philanthropic or whatever many of them do but um it it seems like you know my observations in, in bitcoin land is a lot of people once they kind of start to feel that security they begin to look outward they begin to look, well, yeah. how can I, you know, help here in this little cause that's meaningful to me or that person over there who I, I don't even know, but look, you know, they, I think I could help them. And because of the technology we now have, I could help them by just zapping them in two seconds and they have what they need to get their teeth done or, or resolve whatever problem yeah. they're having. There seems to be, <laughs> so there's, there's a union of the, the capacity to do that. And then that almost at least partially inculcating the desire to do that. And, you know, a lot, a lot of people have discussed this sort of idea of how Bitcoin diminishes the ego in some sense. And I don't like, some a lot of people that I've spoken to recently kind of misunderstand this concept. But when I think, think about the ego, I'm not saying destroying it. Ego is your individuality. It's kind of your frame and perspective on the world. And of course, you need that to move through the world. But I mean it in the sense that you're trying to aggrandize yourself more than anything. You're trying to accrue as much as possible to yourself rather than looking out on the world and saying, like, you use your ego to contribute or to, you know, to the benefit of others, let's say. And it seems like Bitcoin also kind of inculcates that type of perspective. And again, I mean, we could probably spend hours talking about why, but I think at a minimum, it's because there is no hierarchy in the network. Everyone is treated the same. There's no rule you know all the same rules are applied to everybody and this kind of and everyone is connected in the same way that this kind of i think conveys like a, a an equality amongst participants or people who are using this network and so it's naturally sort of flat in that sense and when you're saying 
or as you're saying what you just said, it makes me think of that because two things, when you have the capacity, right? When your anxiety about the future has been dialed down, when your security is above the level that you need, let's say, and you're not purely seeking for yourself, you, you, you're actually getting more satisfaction and fulfillment about the benefit and the good that you can deliver or provide yeah. to others. Those two things taken together are just a tremendously powerful thing. And again, I, I agree with you because you started that that rant off by saying, imagine that, that that's what I get excited about when I imagine the future, you're right? Not just the creations that we might part you know, uh, build together because of that dynamic we were discussing about work, but about how when so many people are secure, when they have the capacity, yeah. they're not worried about themselves, their resources and their attention and their generosity can be projected elsewhere. And what kind of a world does that create when, when people are, uh, more people are are have that type of perspective or more people are looking and and not even perspective when more people actually genuinely get more satisfaction out of being generous or helping you know someone other than someone other than themselves you know and i think probably a better world broadly speaking you, you know i was uh, raised by non-observant jews uh, and um and and I don't have hardly any interest in the Jewish religion, but I think Jewish culture has within it some really beautiful things. And among the most beautiful of those things is the concept of being a mensch and doing mitzvahs. And um, you, you've undoubtedly heard the word mitzvah, and that's just doing somebody a solid, really, right. you know, doing somebody a kindness. And, you know, John, I'm not doing you a kindness if I, if I, decide I want to pay to get your teeth fixed and you have to go kiss my ring first. You mm -hmm. know, I'm doing you a kindness if, uh, if I'm just put, purely giving something to you without you needing to give me credit or recognition. And I think that that's what we're opening up here. And I think that, um, you know, I want to spend the rest of my life doing as many mitzvahs as I can. And to me, a mitzvah is not truly a mitzvah, it's if there is credit taken. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. uh, you know, you think about your grandfather's generation, if your grandfather was like, super successful, you know, and, and had the equivalent of, you know, died a decamillionaire or or a centimillionaire, you know, what would he do after he kicked off? He would, he would send a, a chunk of that to where he went to college and they would build the Vallis library, mm -hmm. right? Well, fuck the Vallis library. That's no longer a mitzvah, you know, maybe, you know, and, and, and these days, you know, nobody in their right mind would like send a portion of their wealth to fund a university of all things after they died, um, but much less put their name on it. But I think, I think, I think when we are, enter a world where you can leave something behind, maybe after you die or even within your life and not, not take any credit for it, you're, you're putting a pure mitzvah into the world. Mm -hmm. And that's, there's just something really transcendently spiritual and beautiful and fucking a, as somebody who's taken lots of credit for a lot of, for most of my work in my life, you know, I, I've had all the credit I could ever want, you know, and it feels like this essay feels fucking great 
to have given to the world and nobody knows I did it. You know, yeah. it just feels so much purer. Yeah. It feels so much purer. Well, and the, I, the, I, yeah. This, yeah, this is but, something that I, I've, you know, been chewing on, I guess for years, you know, but cause you hear when you're a kid, like a comment, like a trope, like, oh, it's better to give than receive. And you're like, yeah, yeah. But what am I getting for Christmas? You know, did I get the Super <laughs> Nintendo or whatever? Yeah. And it, and that's just that's so ingrained uh, in us for a variety of reasons that, you know, we, we, we think about where we're lacking and where we're deficient and what we can acquire, be it in the realm of relationships or material things or otherwise, in order to fill those voids and feel more whole and feel more satisfied. And um, but I, you know, I, I, I agree with you in, in the kind of the transcendental sort of spiritual nature of genuinely getting, as I said before, more satisfaction out of giving than receiving. Uh, like that, that, that is just, there's something more true about that. There's something more, more good about that. And, uh, you know, I, it's, I, I guess, I guess it's, that's still something I'm, I'm mulling over, but when, when you're, uh, when you were describing what you were about the credit aspect, I think this is, because I agree with you. If you say, look, I'll, I'll do this endowment. You got to put my name on the, the building. Then that's not part of that. But if they, without your request, want to reciprocate and say, look, we want to thank you for the money. And we, we'd like to put your name on the building. That might be a different dynamic. And it, it made me think of, I'm sure you've, you've, uh, you know, read the pieces and think about the future of value for value in terms of the Bitcoin economy, let's say. And it made me think of that because it may be the case in the future and not even just with like digital goods that have a, you know, zero marginal cost of production, let's say, but even for things out in the, the material world where we may get to a point where people are so secure and they have such a desire, like there's such, such a degree of mutual trust that maybe more and more exchanges will be predicated on value for value principles. You know, maybe in the future, someone will, you know, maybe if you're a butcher, you'll just say, this is my cost, but you pay what you, what you'd like to pay. And, you know, maybe most people pay costs. Mo most people pay a little, or some people pay a little bit less and a really small fraction pay way more. And uh, maybe, maybe that's how things go. You know, I've certainly thought about, you know, future activities, endeavors and stuff like that. And could a, a model like that work where you just, you value it. You, how much do you value this thing, and 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 let that be the the arbiter or the the ter determinant of of what you receive in return, and you know maybe that's not as pure as pure charity or pure generosity in in the way that you were describing, but maybe it's more pure than what we currently have. Well, uh, so so, I guess I guess what I'd like to add to that is that. Um, you know, you, you kind of have two ways you could go in, in your life. I mean, you know, uh, you know, you could always stick a butt. I mean, what, what Bitcoin is, is, is allowing and creating is the removal of friction in exchange, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, uh, you know, I think we're heading into a world where, um, installing the equivalent of Bitcoin pay server on your site is going to get progressively easier, progressively easier until, in, until it becomes a WordPress plugin and, you know, that anybody can do. Um, but, you know, I think we're heading into a world, John, where, you know, thanks to the fact that, you know, you've bought Bitcoin, 
years ago, um, you're not going to need to really be thinking about monetizing your stuff. You could just give it. And so your site isn't going to need that. And I think more and more people are going to um, kind of end up being able to do what I did with my website, which is just pay for it out of my own pocket anonymously and, uh, and, and not even have the uh, opportunity not uh, for people to give back because it's a gift, you know, a, a real gift, a real mm. gift is not about, you know, it's not about, oh, John, I gave you, you know, this, this um, Xbox for Christmas, you know, so what are you giving me? <laughs> you know, that's not a gift. That's, that's, um, and I, and I think like what we're opening the door to is, you know, John, I, I just, I just want you to have an Xbox for Christmas. And we're doing this in a way where there is no, even the hint of obligation for you to give me something in return, because that's what a gift really is, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and so I, I think, I think um, this this gets to something that I think goes a little deeper, and which is really really cool. Um, you know, about ten years ago, uh, I was up on Mount Shasta, and I and I had. Uh, really intense uh, extraterrestrial contact and it was life-changing it was life-changing Where, where's you know, mount like, shasta that's in uh, far northern california it's kind of known as like one of the spiritual centers uh, on earth and i just felt kind of cold to go there and i lived on the i, I was camping on the mountain for weeks and weeks and that will you know there's a reason that all the holy men are kind of descend from the mountain there's something intrinsic to being at elevation uh that can speed spiritual development if you are if the pump has already been primed and so i was you know sleeping on this mountain and you know just kind of getting purer every day you know sitting in the woods meditating and um and i had this really in really, really powerful, mind-altering, uh, extraterrestrial uh, thing go down. And, you know, what's cool is like, I don't, in my normal life, I never really bring that up. And I can, you know, I can really pass for being uh, non-freaky uh, in my belief <laughs> system, if that's what I choose to put out there. You know, I, I, I'm not, you know, walking around with tinfoil hats or any of that stuff. Um, but um, it, it did make me a lot more open to the idea of channeling and extraterrestrials and so forth. And um, I ended up getting really into this uh, channeled extraterrestrial uh, named Bashar, who channels through this uh, guy named Daryl Anka in Los Angeles. And I've spent you know, if I've spent countless hours immersed in Bashar's teachings, and there's a couple related to this conversation that I just wanted to share. And perhaps because I kind of suspect in some ways that uh, Bitcoin is a channeled extraterrestrial technology. I um, saw that. I saw that note in your in your piece, just a, a little <laughs> throwaway line, like it's either benevolent AI or future extra, uh, uh, benevolent extraterrestrials. Yeah, I, and I'm kidding, but not really. Um, so, 
<laughs> but um, but there's there's a couple of Bashar lines I just want to throw at you because they they for me were were really um, life changing. Um, the um, I, actually I'll just I'll just throw one at you and and, and it relates to wealth. It relates to abundance and. Um, uh, I'll just ask you, and, and, and don't answer it, but I just want you to get in your head what, what the word abundance means to you. So just, and, and I know anyone listening to this, I want to invite you to just think about, okay, what does abundance mean? And maybe if you're listening to this at home, let's pause for 10 seconds or so, and you can just hurriedly write down what you think abundance is. Because I think Bashar's concept of abundance might might be a definition that makes you see abundance in a different way and a more productive way. So with that with that ten seconds of delay purposefully accomplished, let me give Bashar's quotation his definition of abundance, which I found immensely helpful, and that's. Abundance is just the ability to do what you want to do when you need to do it. That's it. That's it. So it doesn't mean having a Lambo, but if you want to go sailing on the San Francisco Bay, hey, maybe you don't even need us to own a sailboat. You know, it's just if you want the experience of something, maybe you rent, maybe abundance today is just renting uh renting the boat for a couple of hours and going out on the san francisco bay and it's not even about owning a sailboat but you did want to go sail sailing and you did go sailing and so you got the experience that you wanted when you wanted to do it and that's it and that's a very different mindset than having a safe full of gold bars isn't it mm -hmm. or having a garage full of sports cars or having a big house on the hill like you can be abundant while having very little and having a life that is full of super rich experiences. And I think Bitcoin kind of enables that, you know, it enables that kind of abundance thinking. And I think once you're, you know, I, I think, I think in my life, uh, I've made a few bad decisions that will always haunt me that came out of scarcity. I just didn't feel like I had enough. And so like I, I, I like, you know, took, took the road of saying, well, I don't have enough to, to get through this challenge correctly. So I'm not going to pay the money and I'll, I'll settle for the worst outcome. And in hindsight, I was always going to have plenty of money. I could have taken the road of just spending the money and getting what I needed at that time. And I, I, I have to say at this point in my life, um, I don't ever anticipate falling into scarcity thinking ever again. Mm -hmm. And that, that will mean that my path will, uh, you know, keep elevating in terms of more and more possibilities rather than possibilities being shut down. Um, anyway, I, I, I hope that, uh, I no, hope that, uh, uh, yeah, I've got some, something. some, uh, responses to that, but I, I, well, the first one is just back to the um, the credit to conversation for one moment to play somewhat devil's advocate. Um, but I, I think they're, they're separate things. I think they, they coexist, basically. But I think the there's a function in rewarding people 
or things. So let's say you do this. Let's just let's take this uh, piece of writing that you did and say, look, it was meant to be a gift. I don't want any credit whatsoever. Just world, you know, take it and do what you will. I think money, because it, it's a emblem or representation of our limited resources, of our sacrifices, you might say, it's so yeah. much. It's so much more powerful and truthful information than a thumbs up, a clap, a hey, keep going, I want more. Yeah. And so in yeah. in that sense, it provides the most truthful feedback for the world to maybe say, hey man, do more of this. You know, I want more. I want yeah. more written words. I want more video. I want more <clears throat> all of that. And it's not, you know, so it doesn't necessarily have to be seen by like, oh, I don't need the credit. It's it's a mechanism for the world to truthfully deliver feedback in terms of what it wants to see more of and what it wants to see less of. I mean, this is kind of almost meant to be the function of markets, but everything's been so distorted that that's not what we get. But, and, and again, I don't, I don't think they're at odds because I think you, you can no. do both simultaneously, but just to say that I, I think there will always be a tremendous benefit of having that mechanism of true feedback, which again, I think like words are ultimately, you know, talk is cheap, right? But sats are not. And so they, it's a form of feedback that is genuine, that is real, that is more truthful than anything. And so if I want to say, look, you're not, you're not asking anything for the work you do, but I want to say, look, man, I want more of that. I think it's good for the world. I want to signal to you that you should spend six months, 10 months, the next two years doing stuff like that. Here's 30,000 sats for me to signal that to you. You didn't ask for it. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel any obligation, but I want to send that signal. I think, you know, that there's room for that as well. And I think that will be a big part of, I think, you know, the Bitcoin economy as we move forward. I, what I see related to what you're talking about is that uh, half of the technology is now there and we're going to get the other half. And what I, what I mean by that is, um, I could envision like, uh, you know, this, this pseudonym of mine, DN comply, I could envision and can envision hundreds of thousands of people reading my piece and tens of thousands of people being really grateful and feeling like, oh, this, this person, you know, this person is righteous and doing, doing meaningful stuff. And even though he doesn't need financial support, even though he doesn't need a boat or a car or help with his dental bills. I have respect enough for what he's doing that I want to throw sats his way, not to spend on himself, but to spend on something like super worthy. Right. And, and, and you trust and, that he's capable of determining that. Yeah. 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 But I also feel, <clears throat> I also feel like um, what, uh, like there, there is one circumstance that could arise to me putting a, send me some Bitcoin, uh, on my site. And as I said, the technology is halfway there. Uh, it, it's very easy right now, comparatively easy for me to set up Bitcoin, uh, BTC pay server and, and enable that. But what, did, what it doesn't enable is, uh, is proof that I have then sent the sats to something worthy. And, and, and that's going to be what closes the loop. Mm -hmm. You know, like when you can send me half a Bitcoin and you see 
for for certainty that that half of Bitcoin has moved on to fix you know a uh, hundred different people's teeth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, like like you know it, you see it. Like uh, that 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 half of the that half of the thing, to my knowledge, and I'm not I'm not a technical person, does not yet exist. And I think when it exists, you're going to have some you're going to open the door to people participating in the gift economy. Oh yeah, uh, who uh, who 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 can like run the charity with uh, you know absolute integrity, the inverse of uh, Sam Bankman Freed. You know, like, totally, totally. There, there will be there will be anti Sam Bankman Freeds out there who who can operate with impeccable integrity because they don't need the money. Yeah, you know, no, and the, who the, better the... who better to spend money than than somebody who doesn't need a goddamn thing, right? Right. Well, in, in such a case, your your assessments are so much more pure, right? Because you're not being, uh, you know, it's not being distorted, let's say, by the by the uh, your own, the incentives, your own incentives. Um, but I, I, I agree with that. And it's kind of what uh, value splits in podcasting 2.0 has done, right? So you can set up a split right now on, on podcast. And you can say, well, 50% goes to me and 50. I mean, we did this with, with the CT pod and 50% goes to HRF or some other, you know, cause that the guests might have selected. And then, you know, Gigi dropped, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, because uh, we'd been talking about it um, behind the scenes for a while with a couple of the guys, uh, it's prisms, value prisms. And that's, it's exactly the idea you just mentioned, where whether it's a written work, whether it's a podcast, whatever, when someone sends you sats, you can just, you have a prism and you input the addresses of the people you want to send it to. So I want to send 10% to HRF. I want to send 10% to the the uh, the dentist facility in El Zante. I want to send 10% to blah, 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 all the way down the line. And then it just happens automatically. And of course you could, you yeah. could show that as well. So it would, it would get exactly what you were just referring to whereby, I mean, again, yeah. I think that sometimes maybe the, the person sending the, the sat should even have the choice. Be like, look, no, I, I want all this to go to DN comply right now. I trust later he will do what's best with yeah. that capital. Or you can say, oh, cool. He's set up a thing where 100% goes 10 different splits to 10 different causes. And that yeah. would be cool too, to be able to do that. But the, 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 uh, the second point I wanted to hit on your abundance um, take was... I, th you know, I think we underappreciate just how much the uh, scarcity mentality, if you want to call it that, or the opposite of, of abundance or construing abundance yeah. in a different way has such a, we were talking about character earlier, has such an influence on character, because if you adopt, or if you have that sort of scarcity mindset, how many instances are you going to come across where it's like, well, there's two things on the table here. Which one am I going to elevate more? Either I can take this and it's going to accrue to me more things and, and shore up that scarcity that I'm feeling, but it's going to be at the expense of acting in a way that all else equal, I, I would say would be the best way to act. You know, and this happens daily for everybody. You make those called the minor deals with the devil where you say, yeah, I would, I would rather be, you know, more virtuous here, but there's $10,000 if I, if I don't consider that yeah. as much, or if I don't elevate that as much. And I mean, I think that's that's the world we live in, right? And and it, I think I think you're right in saying that um, Bitcoin, at least, is a catalyst or a force for 
perhaps starting to shift that in in the in a different direction for a multitude of reasons but simply to say that it seems like the the trade-off that's being made there is is leaning or is moving in the direction toward favoring elevation or importance of character and virtue rather than you know the uh shoring up scarcity or appealing to a lack of abundance or something like that well an abundance world happens one person at a time right and so you know like again i've i've hired you to remodel my room why are you knowingly using this inferior kind of sheetrock to save to save yourself a, a couple hundred bucks on the on the job why are you doing that john you're mm -hmm. doing it because in a deep way you're it's coming from fear yeah. it's coming from if i if i don't use this this shittier sheetrock um i'm i will personally come up short so i'm going to sacrifice some of my integrity um taking the money that was agreed to but doing an inferior service in return because i'm afraid that one day i'm going to come up short and so that's you know you're being motivated by fear and yeah. and, and 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 this is giving you a, what what the Bitcoin standard is doing is giving you a chance to elevate yourself out of that fear and to bring absolute integrity to the exchange that we've agreed on. And that's, that's a really, um, that that's, that's a remarkable thing. And, mm. um, you know, and, 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 but it happens one person at a time, just like people get orange pilled one totally. person at a time. But, you know, it's it's so remarkable a thing. And even, I mean, it, it, as you're saying that, in my mind, I'm thinking, what's the maximum expression of that process or principle where you're saying, no, I'm, I'm going to favor, I'm going to try to identify and embody the virtuous behavior here. And I'm, and I'm doing that at the expense of, or I'm able to do that because I'm not having to shore up a deficiency that i'm perceiving within myself right and so when you when you stretch it all out to the maximum it's like it seems like the maximum will be i'm i'm going to be the maximum possible virtuous character in whatever circumstance yeah. at whatever uh detrimental outcome might befall me for it right or whatever i might have to sacrifice for it now I'm speaking, I'm, I'm moving us into the kind of realm of archetype and metaphor. And, and as you were saying that, I think about a, a, a character like Christ, you know, and I'm not, I'm not trying to make this religious, but I, I find these uh, archetypes and, and characters very interesting. And I think you could convey the idea of something like that as being the willingness to embody the most virtuous behavior, despite what must be sacrificed in order to do so now mm -hmm. that i might be coming out of left field uh, there a little bit but i just find it interesting that well i i see a, a genuine connection there and i think it's it's incredibly fascinating to say the least that we're saying that this mechanism in bitcoin is at least inspiring people to uh and and permitting people to see the value in moving in that direction or at least starting to construe things in that type of a way whereby they're yeah they're they're willing they're 
they're elevating virtue and character above all else, despite despite what the cost may be. And if you take that to its extreme, I think you get archetypal narrative and metaphor and, you know, pick, yeah. pick whichever one you're most familiar with, or, you, you know, that you find most interesting. So why, why are they elevating? And um, what, what, what is it that is causing them to elevate? And I would submit to you that what's happening in the deepest way is simply a change of belief. You no longer, in, in, in remodeling my room, you have reached a point in your life, John, where you no longer believe that there is any possibility that you will have scarcity again. So your, your temptation to cheat me goes to zero. You're no longer operating in fear because you no longer believe that you're that there is a reality that you could enter where you're where you come up against scarcity and you know you can no longer pay for your you know child's health care you know uh, so so you you know having ruled out the possibility of scarcity you can now act with integrity and it starts by you having a different belief. And so what Bitcoin is doing is enabling the radical change of belief from scarcity to abundance. And again, you know, the, the abundance thing, if you, it's very important, I think, to define abundance in the most realistic and pragmatic terms. And I, I would submit that uh, Bashar has nailed that by just saying it's the ability to do what you want to do when you want to do it. That's it. That's it. And and so that makes that makes abundance, you know, Bitcoin coupled with that sort of belief surrounding abundance, that's your ticket out into having a radically different belief about whether your universe, your personal universe is one of scarcity or one of abundance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really cool. I want to say something sort of tangentially related to this, maybe directly related to this. Um, you know, I, I uh, many of my friends, I, I'm, I've been, I've never, I've never taken money. Well, that's not quite true, but I've, I, I've never been an employee of a nonprofit, a 501c3. Uh, uh, but my regard for nonprofits and the structure of nonprofits as somebody who's given my life uh, in service to a cause for many decades, I, I have, I, I couldn't possibly hold nonprofit organizations in lower regard, even as I hold the people, many of the people who work for them, I have the highest regard for them. And I think there's just something fundamentally corrupting about the 501c3 structure. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's just profoundly manipulative and there is so much waste within it. And uh, it doesn't really matter what 501c3 you're, uh, you're talking about. I, I mean, uh, like uh, I would just strongly suspect, for example, Greenpeace has been in the news this week. And I, I, I mean, if it's like any other major nonprofit, their CEOs and their top, uh, their top staff are all making well, well, well into six figures. And that's that's the that's going to be the case whether your cause is environment or animals or 
education or, or saving the children or whatever. It's like these, these large nonprofits are troughs where uh, the fat cats are making, you know, salaries that are right up there with, uh, with, with what people make in the corporate world. And it's like, really, you're going to give your life to advancing a noble cause and you're, you're going to take that kind of money out of donations? You know, it's just really, it's really messed up. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think we're heading into a world where, uh, you know, there are going to be alternatives to the 501c3 structure where like, I, I got to tell you, you know, it's like to the extent that I have money to give, you know, I don't care if it's tax deductible. The last place I would ever send my money is to a 501c3. And you know, mm. it's just ridiculous, uh, you know, and, and, you know, it's like in my non-DN comply life, uh, I operate a major website and uh, I basically run the thing like it's precisely because it's not a nonprofit that I'm able to run this thing with like massive integrity where I'm where where I'm doing none of the compromises that either the 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 for profits are or the nonprofits because I um, I don't need the money in the first place so I'm able to run this weird hybrid organization that doesn't make you know like I I I I, I pull about twenty five k a year from that and I live on it. And the thing could be making, you know, well into six figures, but it would, there would be compromises there. And I'm not willing to make those compromises. I'm not willing to, you know, do the equivalent of sell this flawed hardware wallet uh, as an affiliate so that I can fund my podcast. You know, mm -hmm. I'm not willing to go down that road. Um, and I think, I think that as we get really, you know, I guess one of the main points I want to leave people from this uh, conversation that you and I are having is that, um, is that moving out of scarcity into ch changing your belief, your core belief from the possibility of encountering scarcity again, to being deep into abundance and, and having a very simple what you need to do when you need to do it definition that that is a really liberating thing and i mean that in the deepest sense of the word and mm -hmm. i think like just like we orange people one by one that taking that orange pill you know what is the effect of taking the orange pill uh, you know maybe the ultimate effect is changing your beliefs to a, an abundance mentality and yeah. man, you do that and everything's different because in an abundance mentality, there's no reason to lie, cheat, steal, none of that shit. And I think that's, that's well said. And, and I, I see that happening to a lot of people in Bitcoin land, you know, to varying degrees, yeah. everyone's on a different timeline, but on the journey for different periods of time. And, and some people are more resistant than others, of course, but I definitely see that being an outcome of, of taking the orange pill and, uh, the, the, Maybe my last thing is I, I just wanted to go back to um, the building the deck example and how what mindset you bring to that task will uh, will materially affect both what you end up producing and the type of relationship you produce for whoever you're doing the work for. And it yeah. makes you think again, like taken to its extreme, it's like that 
mentality will be the determinant of what you actually create in the world. And so in this simple example, it's like, well, do you make a shoddy deck that's going to fall apart in a year and the nails are poking out everywhere and it looks horrible? Or if you say, again, taken to the extreme, what might you create here? And it's like, you know, this is, it sounds like a silly example because a deck is a relatively meaningless thing, but it's like, what, what is the best possible deck you could imagine, right? Take away time constraints, take away resource constraints. What's, and again, it's silly, but it makes me think that shift in perspective materially, perhaps more than anything impacts how you participate in creation itself, how you participate in, 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 in manifesting things in the world. And if, you know, if you have, there's many definitions of God, you know, but one of them is the creator, or you could say the creative force. And we all are a creative force, you know, we're we're ostensibly smaller scale than the big guy, let's say, but we're all a creative force. And what mindset, what perspective allows us to be a creative force, i.e. participate in creation in the most wonderful way, in, in the way that manifest the maximum potential of what we're capable of creating, right? Like what, what is the potential of this reality we're in and what is the potential for us to impact or create within it? And your example there made me think that, you know, it, it, it is just a matter of perspective or that, that is determined. The answer to that question is determined by your perspective. And it seems to be the case that the one that you've been discussing, you know, this kind of dichotomy between scarcity and abundance, uh, is a prime determinant of how you will engage that potential and what will be created as a result of that. And again, if we're saying that, you know, taking the orange pill in conjunction with perhaps other life lessons and wisdom and et cetera, allows you to engage that potential in a manner that, that manifests or brings about more of the potential that's latent in the structure of reality, let's say, then isn't that, isn't that great? Like, aren't, aren't we bringing more, of the the potential quality, goodness, beauty of the world into being by having a perspective like that. It seems to be the case that it is. It, it, it comes to short versus long time preference. And what's the point? Like what, what, what is the real point of this remodeling job I've hired you for? The real point of it isn't really to remodel the, the deck. The real point of it is our relationship. And am I going to want to work with you for the next thing? Because I assure you the next thing is going to be bigger and better and make this deck seem like a trivial project, you know, but it's only going to happen if we both came into, went through the deck project together, feeling great about one another. Sure. You know, sure. I finished, um, prior to going to Shasta, I, I rented a place from these lovely people for three years and I had this really nice relationship with them. And uh, then on the way out, you know, they were my landlords and stuff and she screwed me, you know, she screwed me for like 400 bucks that, uh, you know, and I wasn't going to fight her over it, you know, but uh, I was like, wow, you know, I, you know, I, I, I've done a lot for you folks and, you know, this, this was not, this was not right. And, uh, you know, as luck would have it, the very same week that I, really came to understand the value of Bitcoin. This was like at the very start of 2015, I was off hitchhiking nearby and they pulled over and they, they're like, ah, come on with it. You know, I was like, oh, fuck, you know, I have to, you know, I, I, I have the same people that just 
yeah yeah i was like oh shit and and it's like i had already made the you know like i i i knew that bitcoin was like and and at the point at this point you bitcoin didn't tell was trading bitcoin. For under, yeah bitcoin was trading for under 300 bucks you know uh, and and i knew i knew that this was like you know and it's like there's no fucking way i'm telling these people about bitcoin they're they're the last <laughs> people i'm gonna orange pill and and you know we had a sufficient relationship that you know i have no doubt i could have orange pilled them but you know it's like i didn't feel like they you know they could do their scarcity thing i'll do my abundance thing you know you miss out on big opportunities invariably when you have short time preference and that's that's a nice way i think to kind of end this thing you know that that bitcoin is taking us to a world where we believe in abundance and we believe in long-term thinking and we realize that this thing between you and i the deck is just a, a means to having more trust and faith in one another so that we can do bigger things moving forward. The deck itself is, is of trivial importance, just like the $400 deposit I got screwed out of was of trivial importance when you're thinking in terms of abundance. It, it has, what I care about isn't the $400 or the deck, it's our relationship. And do I mm -hmm. honor you and respect you as a person? Are you, are you, are we at the same level in terms of how we treat one another and bitcoin enables all of this belief <laughs> and abundance because it's you know fundamentally our belief in abundance was always there it just got kind of clouded and we it was always accessible to us but bitcoin can part those clouds and make us uh enable us for the first time to to sort of see a world of integrity and abundance yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I, I think those instances, you know, pe people really can tell, well, what we value is on display all the time, because right? it's, yeah. it's, it's nestled within, within all of our choices. And when, it, when, when those values are, you know, displayed or expressed or revealed in our relations to other people, they're extremely evident. And I would say they, they probably, um, they're probably the most consequential things in determining how that relationship goes and you know so and you, you could notice this in everyday life everywhere but in that case it was obvious that they valued the 400 dollars more than they valued acting with integrity in reference to you and you know being forthcoming with you and honest and finding other ways to resolve whatever it was or any of all that stuff and to you i mean the the, the communication is we value the 400 more than respecting you Right. Or, yeah. And respecting is kind of a catch all here, but you know what I'm saying? Sure. And, and it's like, it, that's such a, it's well, it's an, it's an, <laughs> yeah, well, short term for sure, but it's such an affront to you because you see the, you know, the, the relationship, the potential relationship of honesty and integrity and respect as being so much more valuable to have that with yeah. someone than $400, but they obviously yeah. did, did not. And I, I think, you know, we, we talked earlier about how Bitcoin reveals character and how this kind of is upgrading the perspective of many Bitcoiners and they're kind of carrying that with them. I think a similar dynamic is, is happening there where there's a, you know, an, an increased value ascribed to or an elevation on these things that constitute, let's say, virtue and character and respect and all these things we've been discussing. And that's being acted out. And in saying, like, 
I, I value the, the integrity and character and the relationship that is constituted as a result of that, or that could be, you know, the potential of that relationship as a result of that more than whatever this thing is that, that, uh, is the other option, let's say. And yeah. interestingly, not only does that express a value judgment in the moment, and not only does that value judgment have consequence vis-a-vis -vis the relationship that you're able to establish, but I also think, you know, in some both material and perhaps, you know, some physical and metaphysical sort of sense, that is the process of you cultivating your own value, like your own so-called store of value, i.e. your character. And that will, the more you can refine that, I think that will accrue what is most valuable to you throughout the course of your life, more than if you're, to use your sort of framing here, focused on a, a scarcity mindset, right? Like, so yeah. yeah, you could take every, you know, every check from whomever that comes at you at the expense of, of whatever. But what if you you know, constituted your life as much as you were able in terms of cultivating, expressing, and living in accord with certain, you know, these values, principles, and virtues we've been discussing, you know, maybe less money would come at you, but also maybe not because, you know, uh, value, there's a kind of a law of attraction here with, with value generally, but let's just say, even if it's not money, I think a perspective that elevated and, and thought that those things were the most important things would end up receiving in return in kind, right? And you'd be receiving the treatment from other people with the same respect, with the same integrity, with the same honesty. And the relationships you would develop as a result of that would, would be far more valuable. You would deem far more yeah. valuable than, than whatever you passed up on in terms of material or monetary uh, compensation or trade. Um, you, 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 you'd, you'd, determine that the the former was far more valuable than the latter, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And um, I think there's tr tremendous truth to that. And I think that all of us in, in Bitcoin land and many others, but, you know, Bitcoin land especially, and that's where I place my focus, are really starting to understand that and engage it perhaps more and more consciously. You know, maybe we were kind of just being affected by that and and noticing it for a while. But I think it's it's becoming much more conscious, and the more conscious you are of it, the more you see it in your your day to day life, the more it validate it's, it becomes validated in your day to day life. And I'm I'm speaking personally, I'm certainly enjoying the process of gaining more clarity on that. So I um I agree with with what you said, John. Your your abundance comes from your it doesn't come from your stuff. It comes from your relationships, and you know that's that's what we're tuning into. And I think the, the last thing I want to say related to this is that I think, I think what you're doing in particular, like I'm singling you out as a, as a podcaster, because I, I looked around, I, 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 I certainly know the podcasting landscape and you're the, um, I think, you know, you are the only one out there that I know of who is open to just having a, a just having a, a conversation with a stranger out of the blue like everybody else has their has their doors closed to that unless you're a known factor uh you ain't getting in you ain't getting on you ain't gonna you, you there there's gonna and 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 so i really just want to say that um your openness to uh to to have me on 
you know, as I said, this is my very first Bitcoin podcast and um, it, it, you're doing something, you're doing something that is uh, more or less unique in the, in the, you know, I think anybody could have a podcast where they talk about Bitcoin, you know, and, and there's, as you know, there's dozens and dozens of podcasts out there on the topic, some of them really big, but mm -hmm. you know, they have the same five guests on week after week. And, uh, you know, it's just like, well, what are you doing then? You know, it's like, just like Bitcoin is fundamentally a decentralized technology, like that's the linchpin, shouldn't the, shouldn't the orange pill movement be decentralized too? And mm -hmm. how is it going to be decentralized if we have the same kind of authority, well-known voices week after week after week? You know, that's, 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 that's um, you know, that's no longer a decentralized thing. So I think a, a decentralized force like Bitcoin depends on unknown plebs being able to participate in the conversation and and what you're doing with this podcast where you just enable anyone to schedule some time with you as long as they're not pitching shit coins you know it's <laughs> it's 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 remarkable it's remarkable and it is so it is so important i'm i'm just really thankful to you you know to you for uh spending a few hours of your time with me today to uh so i could you know really reach uh, some of your audience and engage with them a bit. And uh, it, it, I, I just feel really, really honored and, and blessed uh, by, by the opportunity that you've made available that really nobody else in the, in the Bitcoin podcast world is doing right now. So, so thank you so much for that. Well, thank you. I very much appreciate those, those words. And, you know, I'm very grateful that, uh, you decided to hit me up and for a conversation because it takes two to tango. And uh, the only thing I ask of my guests is to be, you know, open and honest and, and themselves. And I think that's the, the right constituent elements to have a good and potentially interesting or valuable conversation, you know? So I always appreciate, you know, anyone who, who does this with me, but I, you know, I, I agree with the, the point you're making and, you know, it's, perhaps it's even somewhat of an example of the conversation we've been having because of course, I see the numbers, right? And if I have any of those top 10 figures that, that you alluded to, you know, there's way more downloads and that there's a financial incentive attached to that. And, but the thing that I'm most interested in is seeing everyone out there. You know, I, I, I know yeah. a lot about the, those people already, because as you said, they've been on a, a million different podcasts and many of whom are my friends and I like them and we have good conversations. I'm not, not saying anything against them. Um, but I, you know, I want to, see how this is affecting so-called normal people's lives or people that aren't in the spotlight yet, or just people out everywhere and having, you know, hopefully real and genuine and meaningful conversations with them. And as, as we've been discussing, you know, at the latter part of this conversation, developing relationships, you know, that's yeah. something that I value almost more than anything. Like if you can spend two hours with someone and have an honest, meaningful conversation, you got a friend now, you got a new friend and, yeah. and, and yeah. what's more, you know, as we've been saying, there's few things more valuable than initiating a friendship on those terms. And then, you know, having them, maybe, maybe we never speak again and that'd be fine, but maybe we yeah. speak again in the future and we can hang out and we, we can, you know, share ideas and, and deepen the relationship and that kind of stuff. And that seems to be, if I, you know, I, I don't often think about it, but if I assess my own behavior and assess why I'm not responding to necessarily, you know, uh, the financial incentives all the time, it would seem to be the case that 
I value those things more than just responding to pure financial incentives. And I don't see that changing, you know? So, uh, again, yeah. I, I appreciate you, you participating in this discussion and, and I really enjoyed it. Let any last words, destinations, anything like that you want to fire out before we shut it down? Well, I, I, I certainly hope that if you took the time to listen to all this, that you will, uh, read my essay because, uh, it's, uh, I, 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 it's my hope that this will, I wrote it with the intention that this would become people's default first recommendation when talking to newbies. Uh, I mean, that's, that's my hope anyway. And I, uh, I hope that it's worthy and good enough for that because that was the whole reason I spent two months of my life uh, writing this. And um, so yeah, please check that out. Uh, I don't know that I'm ever really gonna, maybe I'll write more stuff related to Bitcoin, but I mean, this thing in particular was like, uh, man, I would have been so happy if, if there was just a piece out there that I felt comfortable recommending. Like I did not want to do this. I, I, I have plenty of other projects I would have liked to do, but the fact was that I just felt like, uh, gosh, you know, like, I, I had kind of been using VJ's uh, bullish uh, case for Bitcoin thing as my as my main recommendation, but it you know it's getting dated and it didn't quite cover the things I thought made for a really suitable introduction for newbies. It was the best thing I could find, um, but um, so that's why I did what I I did. I really hope your uh, your listeners will. Uh, give it a look. It would mean a lot to me to, because uh, I'm still, as you know, brand new to this, uh, to this sector. And, you know, it's my expectation that if, uh, if, if I do get 10,000 or 100,000 readers of this piece, which I think I will, um, I'll be in a position to continue giving more and giving better and learning more. It took me it took me seven years of as a Bitcoiner before I really felt like I'd reached the point where I could write something like this. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so hopefully, hopefully my best contributions are to come. And I guess um, for all the talk I've, I've had about plebs and stuff, uh, the, the other cool byproduct of, of talking to you, John, is that I, I now have one degree of separation from Michael Saylor. So it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, what more could you want? <laughs> and that's worth more than a nickel. Um, <laughs> there well, is no second best. <laughs> so anyway, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, uh, I suspect given this conversation, you will feel compelled again at some point in the future to uh, write more about Bitcoin. But for the time being, we'll direct everyone to that article. I'll put it in the show notes. And yeah, man, thanks again. It's been wonderful to chat and look forward to uh, hooking up again sometime in the future. I really hope so. And I'm just nothing but grateful for you uh, to you for taking the time. Thank you. Thank you so much, John. This was great. Thank you, brother. Take care. See ya. Take care. Bye.